Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Late Show. Folks, my first guest tonight is the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who currently leads the United States Department of Transportation. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Nice to see you. Good to be back. I, I got to say, I was just thinking as you were coming out here, I, was, I always enjoy having you on here since the first time you were on here as a, a candidate yeah. for a presidency, uh, is that not a lot of secretaries of transportation over the years have been on late-night talk shows. Well, I'm glad to be part of changing that. Yeah, you are. You are. You're a change maker. It's been... We're coming up on the year anniversary of the infrastructure bill, right? That's right. Okay. So uh, you've been out there making it rain all over the country. <laughs> Did, is, is infrastructure fun? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's the, most, what's the most fun thing about roads and bridges? I mean, fixing them? Them not being broken? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you like fixing stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason why children, for example, are fascinated, right, with trucks and roads and trains and, and planes. It's, it's exciting. You just got to keep that sense of magic in it when you're doing the very hard blocking and tackling of you got actually the, maintaining and building that you stuff. You got the best set of Tonka trucks of all time. All time. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is like, you, you've actually, you know, been interested in infrastructure for a long time. As the mayor of South Bend, here you are getting a giant novelty check uh, for the roads of uh, South Bend for yeah. $670,000. <laughs> 2017. Five years later, here you are as the Secretary of Transportation giving out the giant novelty check for $19.5 million <laughs> in New Hampshire. I mean, uh, talk to me about the big novelty check. This seems like a pretty small check for $19.5 million. <laughs> Shouldn't the size of the check reflect the size of the amount? So if you get into billions, you need, to, like, a flatbed truck to bring the check? I guess, yeah. It'd be harder to yeah. fit it on a plane that way, though. I, I guess so. You know, I, I think it is important not to be too subtle about the message because I, I think uh, sometimes folks forget what government is doing for them if we fail to make it clear. And, of course, it's not just about the check. It's, it's about the results. Uh, the project we're doing there in New Hampshire, for example, 
is going to help them in a very blue-collar town that hasn't gotten the attention that it's needed for their downtown streets. We're going to help them transform the economic opportunities of that community with funding that's going to go to redoing their streetscapes. And they have this biomass power plant nearby, uh, which has to do a lot in order to cool. They have a cooling tower. And there's a way they can actually route some of the, uh, some of the coolant or the, the, the water that comes from that tower under the sidewalks, melting the snow and saving taxpayer money on the process of plowing it. So as a former mayor... So the power plant yeah. melts the sidewalks. That's right, yeah, they take, they're basically taking the waste heat. It helps the power plant cool off their, their... get rid of their waste heat. And it helps the town deal with snow, which any mayor from north of uh, a certain latitude knows that, you know, the battle of mayors versus snow is, is second only to the battle of mayors versus potholes in, you know, the, the great kind of predator-prey relationships in local government. And now I get to be uh, someone who, who's helping mayors across the country like I used to be deal with things like that. So you, as the Secretary uh, of, of Transportation, the infrastructure bill is $1.2 trillion. Yep. Okay. Um, when you were mayor, um, rounding up to the nearest trillion, how much money did you... <laughs> did you have at your control then? So it would be about, uh, what is that, like a percent of a percent? Much, much less. Much, much be, less yeah. that. So rounding up to the first trillion would be one trillion. One trillion, rounding yes, up. Yes, if you rounded that round, way, I suppose round, it would. Rounding up. Yeah. Road Scholar? <laughs> yes. Okay. Technically, yeah. All right, does it make you mad or do you get frustrated when, when, when people who voted against the bill, like Rick Scott and Representative Tony Gonzalez don't refuse the money, and then actually make a big deal about having gotten the money for their constituents. It is striking that people went to the floor of the House or Senate and said, no, this infrastructure funding should not happen. And then they can't wait to be there uh, when that funding is coming to their district. Mm -hmm. But Do you, you make know. them hold the big check? <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about that. I might try that. It'd be uh, good. You and the check and them. But I also, there's nothing better than seeing a skeptic become a convert. And so, uh, you know, I think, I call it the sincerest form of flattery. If somebody was against your policy, and then when it's actually benefiting people who live in their communities, yes. they can't hug you close enough. And I'll say this, I mean, politics aside, the people who live in those communities shouldn't be punished of because their senator or their house member said no to this funding. We're going to serve everybody equally. I suspect you would say something like that. I suspected you would have the... The, the best interest of the American people at heart. Well, thanks. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that's how we think about mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it comes from the top. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it can be frustrating politically yeah. uh, when, when you see that sort of stuff go on. But, you know, look, this is, this is part of a pattern that we've often seen where uh, many uh, congressional Republicans mm -hmm. take stances that seem to be more about the problem than about the solution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at even the things that they talk about the most often, mm -hmm. uh, immigration, inflation. I mean, name of, of all the things congressional Republicans have proposed policy-wise, can anybody name the top five things that they've suggested to fight inflation? Can anyone name three? How about one? You know, they voted no on the Inflation Reduction Act that was about lowering prices for Americans. And I would have loved nothing more than to have a debate between the Democratic Re Inflation Reduction Act and the Republican Inflation Reduction Act on the House of the Floor and Senate and argued over which one was better, but there was only one, and it was ours. And luckily, it passed. Let's talk about... I want to talk about electric vehicles. There, there, there's, there's money in the Inflation Reduction Act, actually, right. for uh, 
uh, putting uh, chargers out there for people. Yep. And lowering the cost. And lowering the cost. Okay, I, uh, I have, I'm, I was looking for a new car. I've got a nine-year-old car. And it's a nice car, but it's it's getting on. And so I wanted to go get a new car, and I wanted to get a a, a hybrid. You yep, know, that's what a, we have. A, a, a electric uh, gas electric hybrid with yep. a very high hybrid number. So mostly I'm just on the on the on the uh, what you would call the electric part mm -hmm. of it as I go around the city. I go in there, and the guy says to me as I get in the car, it's a nice car, and he goes, you know what? I just I tell you, I don't think the grid's going to be able to handle all these electric cars. I wouldn't mm -hmm. get this car. He tries to talk me out of the car. Uh, because he's worried about the grid. I Should have, I be worried about the grid? I gotta have a word with this guy. You yeah. do. Should I be worried about the grid? Because people are saying like the grid's not gonna be handle all this electric all these electric so, cars. Is, is no, that it's, true? It's actually it's true that we can't run tomorrow's cars on yesterday's grid. It's why we're also upgrading the grid. You remember last year there was this big debate when we were doing the infrastructure law over what's infrastructure. And then there were some people who were saying it's only infrastructure if it's roads and bridges. And we were saying pipes are infrastructure. Broadband internet is infrastructure, and grid improvements are infrastructure. And sure enough, those were in the bill too. So of that 1.2 trillion, about half of it is transportation. The other half is things like getting rid of lead water pipes, uh, getting everybody broadband internet access, and improving the grid, partly for this very reason, which is we're gonna have more electrical demand as we're plugging in cars more and more as a way of, of uh, charge, but it's still more efficient. Even if the energy is coming from fossil fuels, which is part of the mix for electricity. It's still more efficient, if you just think about it, to turn that, that energy into electricity at a utility-scale plant and then send it through our wires into homes and, and chargers and charge vehicles that way than to individually load gallons of that fuel into millions of individual engines and combust it there one at a time. So uh, yes, we need to upgrade our grid. Yes, we need to upgrade our technology, but it's, it's, it's the right move for the climate. And at the end of the day, it makes us more resilient too. We have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I will ask the secretary what it's like to be a new father. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. You're an excellent communicator. I thought you were a great candidate in, in uh, 2020. 
And, uh, you know, whenever, you know, down the road you ever run for office again, whether it's, you know, two years from now or 18 months from now, um, <laughs> how do you feel about the fact that there are 300 Republican candidates on uh, the ballot in just a few weeks who question the legitimacy of the last election and some who outright believe that it should be overturned. When the, the you, you saw the New York Times uh, poll, 71% of Americans believe the democracy is in peril. How do you run for office and uh, do so to a public that is losing its faith in the legitimacy or at least the efficacy of their vote? So one of the most important principles in democracy is that when you lose, you accept the outcome. And I've had to do that. Uh, winning is much more fun than losing. I've done both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you lose, you accept the outcome. And the reason that's so important is because we expect the same thing from citizens in terms of policy decisions. In other words, part of what it means to live in a democracy is that we have this process for getting decisions that all of us have to live by, those of us who agreed with the decision and those of us who were against it whether it's a court decision or a decision uh, by Congress on what the law ought to be. And so if we all have to live with the outcome of each of these policy choices, it's only fair that the people who make them have to live with the outcome of when we choose which one of them is going to be in charge. That's how the bargain works. Since the last time... Since the last time you you and I were here together... Uh, you're now a dad. You and your husband, yeah. Chester, are now dads of, of twins. Yes. How, has, how has being a parent changed uh, your view of uh, your, your role as a citizen and your role as a public servant and, and the importance of our country? I mean, it changes everything. Because, first of all, you're, you're training your replacement, right? So, so you're more <laughs> conscious, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you're more... So you have a different relationship with the future. And I think politics and policy is all about the future. It's definitely true with infrastructure because we're making decisions that will, uh, you know, my my children, when they are old, will be depending in some cases on bridges and tunnels and and trains and airports and things that we're going to build right now in the early 2020s. The same way that we, for better or for worse, depend on infrastructure that was built 100 years ago. And so, you know, at work, I think about that differently. And at home, I, I think the biggest thing you discover... The first thing that amazed me, I think Chastin and me both, when you, when you hold them in your arms, uh, how tiny and how vulnerable they are and, and how completely dependent they are on you. I mean, you know, most animals, most mammals, like within a day or two, they can kind of stagger around and, uh, and you know, you have a, an infant in your, in your hands and they just literally can't do anything without, without <laughs> you. But then what's amazing is in very short order is you learn to take care of them. Um, you realize how dependent you are because you as a parent can't do anything without friends and family and loved ones. Uh, and, and I would add, you know, living in a society that, that, that is organized in order to at least attempt to make it easier to raise children. Mm-hmm. So you, you begin by realizing how dependent they are on you and then, and then you come to realize how dependent you are on, on everybody else. And it's changed our relationships in, in a beautiful way, but, but to... Uh, uh, to our own parents and, and to our neighbors and to our friends and everybody who's involved in this incredible project of, of, of raising human beings. Secretary, thank you for being here. Good luck with that human being raising. <laughs> thank you. It's relentless. It seems to be. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.